comment on, that would be great. Thank you very much, lovely. Um, I'm not a young person, as you could work out. You don't need to go to Specsavers, okay? Um, I'm here for those who are visiting. Um, I only help out once a month with the youth on a Sunday morning. Uh, and um, they asked me to speak this morning. I was a bit surprised by that because I'm, uh, I'm, when someone said if you're over 60, well, um, I'm a little bit further than that as well. So I count it a privilege to, to be here. And those who do, do know me, then I've actually um, worked with young people, um, well, basically all my life, really. They've given me the topic. And you can see it there, how can we recklessly love our community? And they've given me a time limit as well, which is going to be a miracle. But actually, we could discuss this for the rest of the day. Let's be honest, that's not an exaggeration. Church has actually discussed this through the years. I've read manuals on it. I've been to conferences all over the place. And really, you look at how should we reach the community around us. That's assuming that's what we mean by the community, but we might get to that later on. And using the word reckless, so you understand, they've based it on a song that's going to be sung and played after I've had this talk. It's a Christian song, and it's talking about God's reckless love for us. In fact, I'm going to refer to it um, in a moment. Um, I'm, I'm aware also that with this subject, it's easy for us to beat ourselves up. Here we are this morning. Let's be honest, um, we're at a, live, a lively church, a, a God-centred church, a Bible-centred church. We're encouraged, we see people every so often become Christians, we have baptisms every so often, and um, you know, let's remember there's good stuff going on. But in the short time I've got, I might be a little bit provocative once or twice, but you'll see, you'll, you'll see why, because I've got to in the shortness of time I've got. But... It's easy to beat ourselves up over this. And equally, the other side of that pendulum is this. It's easy to be complacent about it. Everything's fine. We've got a reasonable number here this morning. There's quite a few empty seats, but there's a service before this. But we could say everything's fine. I've recently been talking about crops on a Methodist circuit. And on once or twice, I was the only man there. And there was eight other women. Now, that might excite you. It didn't quite excite me. But, but well, it did in the right way, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, I'm trying to say that was their congregation. I'm not talking down about them. No way am I doing that. I admire them for having a witness in their village when others might have given up. But, so it's easy to see it this morning and say, well, hey, everything's fine. We have community events, we're doing okay. And I think personally that's dangerous wherever you're at. And I'd say that even if I was standing in Kingsgate. Because the population of this city is about 190,000. I don't think most of them are in church this morning or believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and Saviour. So no church in this city could actually say, everything's fine, we're reaching community, okay. So I think we, it's sometimes good for us to actually just um, actually stop and think about this subject. Uh, let's hope this works. Yes, it does. Um, this is part of a song that's going to be sung to you. And David and, and myself, a few weeks ago, we've actually talked about how God loves us. And it's talked about God's reckless love for us. Now, I know that actually some of you stayed up the other week and you wanted to watch the Brit Awards because you want to keep in touch, you're hip, trendy, cool, and down with the kids. All right, I've just shown you my age because I've used all the wrong language, all right? 
so I never tr have tried to be streetwise because if I was today, I won't be tomorrow. This guy got two Brit Awards and when he went up for the, his last one, he gave the glory to God. Isn't that great? Let's pray for Stormzy. He's got all the temptations in that. But look, that song, this was a hit and that's just part of it. And it's saying, Lord, I've been broken. Although I'm not worthy, you find me. Now I'm blinded by your grace. You came and saved me. Isn't that incredible? And God stepped into Stormzy's life and saved him. He's recognised that. And we want to recklessly love our community surely because of the love that we've experienced from God. You may have heard this story and you may have had a similar example of this. You may have gone through it. But imagine the scene. Boyfriend, girlfriend. In the old days and when you used to woo your girlfriend and stuff like that, okay? This is before Tinder and stuff like that. Again, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Good, don't bother to find out, all right? Um, I'll get worried if you're on Tinder. Anyway, we won't get into that. But, but, but you know, this guy, his first date with his girlfriend, he gets to the garden gate leading up to the house and he leans in, he wants a kiss goodnight and she just backs off. And uh, she walks up from the gate up to the front of the house and into the little porch and he leans forward again to kiss and she just backs off. He thinks he'll act cool. So he just puts his hand on the wall, he leans in and he tries to kiss her again and she backs off. Suddenly there's a loud booming voice from above that says, for goodness sake, hurry up and kiss her goodnight and let her come in. And what he'd done was, by leaning on the wall, was just touched an intercom button. And uh, as he was trying to woo her to let her kiss him, her father heard it all. This is from the Bible. Best place to base this talk this morning is not on Stormzy, <laughs> not on a Christian song, but on the Bible. What does it say? What do those words say to us? Dear children... Let us not love with words or tongue, but with the actions and in truth. 1 John 3 verse 18, the previous chapter that I spoke from a few weeks ago. There comes a time when the talking has to stop. John's saying, get on and do it, for goodness sake. Get on and do it. Some of you know this guy, you won't be able to see this too much, this is just a... a a, a chunk of, a, of an article, so that I apologise for the words being small, but the words I'd like you to see was this. This is about um, George Hoffman who set up Tear Fund, and this is what the base of Tear Fund is, was, and is. It's love is an active verb. That's what George Hoffman, why he got involved in helping countries abroad, where there's a disaster, and he felt Christians should be there. Love is not just to talk about and pray about the disaster in the world, but get out and do something about it. It's active. We've talked a lot about love. You can say lots of things. And some of the wives here know, you know, your, you know, your, your husband's leaning to you or your partner's leaning to you, tell you you love them. You ask them to do a job. Yeah, I'll get round to that love. And six years later, you're still waiting for the job. Real love, I better watch this, I'm going to live to regret this, but, but actually love, in the end, you do it, don't you? We all, and the other way around. You do stuff sometimes you don't want to do, but you love the person. It's active. It's active. And we're good at singing about it in church. 
We're good at discussing it. We're good at writing homilies on it. We're good at everything. But the bottom line is, God was saying there through John, get on and do it. Let's have action. I'm going to be just practical in a general way. I can't be specific, and I'm not avoiding the subject. I'm really not. But I've just, you know, do we know our area? If we're going to be reach our uh, our area with love and actually love our community, do we know it? How much do we know about Breton? Do we know the needs of this area? If you go from the 2011 census, you'll find there's nearly 13,000 people live here. You'll find that on the census they go between north and south. You'll find if you look at the, the, the breakdown of north and south, north Breton is different than south Breton. Those of you who live here, you know that sort of stuff. But do we take that into account? Do we know that 57% of both sections actually say they're Christian? Are we taking advantage of that? Do we know that Nearly a quarter in both sectors are actually living in a single household. One person in the household. Nearly a quarter. If that's the case, what are we doing to reach singles? We made a point of that in the welcome pack. With a challenge here, great to do it in a welcome pack, but what are we doing about it in practice? I guess say that to wake me up as well. Can you see what I'm saying? Just look at a little bit. If we looked at that census, we'd see the breakdown. Now that's seven years old. And Breton may have changed. How well do we know our community and the needs in there? Do we need to do a survey? Do we need to see what the needs are? We might find that all those people who live in a household alone are fine. But we might actually find also a load of lonely people. Let's remember, and this leads on to this, that let's remember we talk about community and we think about a group as up there, but that group, I just took that picture when I looked on the web for a picture of a group in Breton, and that was a good looking one, but this was a, a, a Sainsbury's group, as you can see, but that group's made up of individuals, let's remember that. At the end of the day, and if this sort of message frightens us, we all can have contact with one person, can't we? And there will be people out there who are lonely, but let's remember that, it's not just about the big groups. Ed Sheeran actually has a song that says, What do I know? And a line in it says this, Love can change the world in a moment, but what do I know? And if you had been at the Hope Into Action conference on Friday as I was, you'd have heard stories how an individual's life was turned round because another individual showed practical love to that one person and their world was changed. So what do I know, Ed Sheeran? I know that if one Christian bothers to put some time and effort into somebody, it might actually result in them becoming Christian. More importantly, well, not more importantly, but as important, their world might change because they might come out of poverty, addiction, or just loneliness. You don't always have to have big, heavy problems. And their world turned around because one person reached out into the community to one person and their life got changed because they suddenly realised people do care. We can forget in a lovely church like this, there are people out there who have got nobody to love them. Do we know the suitability of the activities we've done? I'm on dangerous ground here, but I think it's easy for us to churn things out in a, in a church um, because it's worked in the past. We now know that Sunday schools don't work on Sunday to reach a community. 
I saw uh, Lindsay Norton at Hope Into Action, and some of you will know, if you don't know who I'm talking about, it doesn't matter. But they're running a service at 12 o'clock on a Wednesday, every Wednesday, and they're seeing people baptised. Hang on, that's not church on Sunday, Nigel. We never see them, Nigel. Are they real Christians, Nigel? They meet on a Wednesday. What? Can you see what I'm trying to say? We've got to think outside the box and they're being blessed because they're meeting the needs of the people. Sunday services are great for us, but are they great for our community? They might be. I'm not saying they're not, but we need to think this through. We really need to to think it through very, very carefully. We need to know um, the suitability of our uh, activities and whether we've got the strategy, whether our strategy is right. Now, I'm now going to lose popularity with some of you. I used to be the man from the Prudential after I left Bible College in Birmingham. And my agency was Edgbaston. And I I was right in the middle of Birmingham. I had a mix of council housing, uh, streets, pubs, uh, 32-storey high blocks of flats, all that sort of thing. One thing I valued about the Pru was the Prudential Insurance. Believe it or not, they trained us not to sell anything to anybody if people wanted policies, whether it be for a car, a house, or life insurance. We had to look at the suitability of what we were doing. We had to get our strategy right to try and get to know that family and see what their needs were. For some of them, I'm going to go into insurance terms, don't worry about this, that they, a whole life policy would have been better than selling them an endowment. Uh, if you don't know what I'm on about, don't bother. That, that, that's not important. We had to work out what was best. For some of them, it was good to sell them an endowment that matured at 65. For others, it would have been better to sell them a 10-year endowment. You had to actually look at what you were trying to do for that family and look at their needs and see whether your product hit their needs. We're going to have little built where the sugar beet factory offices are. I bet little, if they get that new store in there on Andal Road, I bet they've done their homework on the people around in our area. What sort of product they need in their stores. I bet Sainsbury's do it, I bet Aldi do it, I bet Waitrose do it. They all look at their areas and say, what do we need to put in there? We could go up north, 200 miles, and find in their stores they've got different product because certain products sell here and not there. Strategy, suitability. Some people say, well, Nigel, we shouldn't actually bring business into the church. I'm not talking about bringing business into church. I'm talking about bringing common sense. God's given me a brain. And he wants me to reach out. Jesus actually said, go into all the world. Didn't say try and bring them into your building. Nothing wrong with that. He said, go into the world. And I think sometimes we've just forgotten that. This obviously leads on that we need to know our resources. You know, I know, I'm, and I've, I know how I've just been speaking. It's a bit provocative. I'm, I'm not doing that to be, you know, just to, I'm trying to make us think. That's, that's what I do when, I, when I, I, I speak. But the other side of it is this. We need to think what our resources are humanly and financially. We can't meet every single need in the whole of Breton. We honestly can't. Not by ourselves. And we need to look at the gift God's put in this church 
and see if there's gifts here that are not being used that could reach certain communities and people out there. You know, we've, we've already learned, and I know there are people in this church who do some great things, and we hear bits about it occasionally, but there might be need to lead language classes here in this, or to go out someone's home and lead it. Before I left Torbay, I was, uh, for a short time, I was um, chair of a thing called Redeemed Our Community Group for, for Torbay. And some of you know the name Deborah Green, don't worry if you don't, but she got an OBE for the work that she's doing. And it's pulling together police, in our case it was police, the mayor of Torbay and people like that, and all different agencies to, to actually look at meeting the needs of the people in our area. And one thing I remember here, and the police were desperate for volunteers to be available to just go and support women who were suffering domestic abuse. They were desperate. If you're a policeman, I hope I get this right. Forgive me if I get the, it, it wrong. But you know, there's only certain things police can do in that situation. But we learned from Elaine Storky on, on, on Friday at Hope Into Action. And we know ourselves, domestic violence, both to men and women, is high in our society. And perhaps all a woman needs is someone to chat to over coffee occasionally to give support. I know it's a dodgy area. It talks about needing training and all that. Yes, there are challenges. But is that a need in our, our area? I don't know. But I know in Torbay, that's what happened. We started to discover the real needs of Torbay. And we started to see some of the churches and church people get involved with that. After all, that's where Street Passers was birthed from, wasn't it? Looking at that kind of thing. Oh, I think my time... Oh, my word. Good, 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 good. I have two more minutes, if I may, okay? If that's okay. Um, I might even take three. But anyway, but... but uh, now let's go, I've got to see where I am here. Right, now let's go back. Yep, we'll stick with that. Um, I, I got quite passionate about this because I've read a lot about, this is just one book I've read recently and, and it's a bit oldy-worldy, but if you go back to the 500s and 600s in our country, Christianity took off and this is one of the leaders, a guy called St. Aidan. When I mention the word saint, that switches off some people. Don't let your <coughs> whatever switch you off from that. This guy was invited to come from Iona down to near Lindisfarne to Bambra in, in the north. And actually, the king invited him, the king of that area. And he actually invited Aidan to live in his castle, to build a church in his castle grounds. But Aidan didn't do that. He kept the king on side. He took the horse that the king, the king gave him. He went outside, sold the horse, gave the money to the poor, and he built a church where the people were. And when you look at what we call the Celtic move through people like Bede and Cuthbert and St Hilda and St Aidan, and I've probably left somebody out, you'll find that they grew because they went to the people. They went to where the people were. They didn't just stay in a nice little holy huddle. I'm going to come back to this. I end with this. Excuse me, I am struggling here today with a leftover of a cold. I recently 
Mary buys crisps sometimes. She gives in to, to anyway, but she buys a pack of crisps, and you can see we get them from Aldi. And this one is the Be Light one. She's attempting to try and get me to be slim. I think she's on a loser, but anyway. But, 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 and these are Be Light crisps. I got this packet out, and I haven't faked this. This is the packet how it came. <laughs> There's not a crisp in it. A lot of promise. Some air in there. It looked like it. The packaging was great. The notice board was great. The building was great. The people were nice. But this is full of hot air. Well, it may not even be hot. It could be cold. I think you might get the point. We're going to have communion in a moment. And this challenges to me as well. We can get excited about the fact that Jesus loves us. I personally think... My love for Jesus is reflected in the way that I want the community where God has put me. I want that love to flow through me to other people. I'll put a question mark on there, community question mark. See, God's a community, isn't he? Father, Son and Holy Spirit. You're a community, body, soul and spirit. You're in a family, even if you're a single child like me. You're in a church... Community, another community. You live in a neighbourhood. You live or go to a school or you go to work. But come back to me, I'm retired, but I live in a neighbourhood. What do the neighbours in Burl Green know about Jesus as a result of meeting me? What sort of Christian love do they get from me? Am I full of hot air? I can talk for England. You can say, yeah, we know that night. But seriously, it's easy to say this stuff, very easy to get excited about it. But do I actually show the love of God to people because I care for them like he cared? His love for me was reckless. Who on earth would send their son out to be tortured and crucified? Do you understand that? If you do, you come and explain it to me. I speak as a father. Who really understands that? Oh, I can give you the theology, sure, yeah. But he did that because he wants my life to have positivity, hope and love. He wants me to feel important. It's not just about eternal life. He wants me to feel great now. So what are we as individuals or as a body doing about recklessly loving the community? whether it be our home to the, our home, our school. What are we doing about it? We're now going to have that song, I think, Reckless Love. Is that right? Thank you. <laughs>